Hebrews chapter 11. The book of Hebrews chapter 11. I'm going to read this morning verses 17, 18, and 19. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, and from whence also he received him in a figure. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful this morning for thee, thy word, and for the privilege of being able to bow before you, worship you, and call upon you as our Heavenly Father. Father, thank you for this wondrous gift of salvation. Thank you, Lord, for the many examples you set forth in your word to help and guide us as to how we should live in this world. Lord, as we consider this fourth message now on the subject of Abraham, the father of believers, we ask that you would teach us as we look to thee in thy word, and Lord, help us to better know how we might love you, live for you, and walk with you. And Father, we thank you and ask it in thy son's name. Amen. Here in our series, Living by Faith, this is the fourth of these messages, spending time looking at Abraham. Abraham came to be known as the father of believers. He was a great example to Old Testament saints throughout the Old Testament scriptures, but as well an example to New Testament saints. And we've seen four things already about this man and his faith. We notice in verse 11, excuse me, chapter 11, verse 8, Abraham had a lasting faith by faith. Abraham, when he was called to go, go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. Excuse me, it was a listening faith. He had a leaving faith in the second part of that verse, or last part, and he went out not knowing whither he went. He had a living faith where by faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. That verse emphasizes, of course, the temporary home that he had. And then we saw Abraham had a looking faith also, where it emphasizes his desire to obtain a permanent home in verse 10. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Today, we emphasize this lasting faith of Abraham as seen in verses 17, 18, and 19. This act of uh, Abraham is a supreme act of faith. It is the picture of sacrificial death, the faith which God demands of everyone, and the faith without which a person shall not inherit his promises or the promises of God. Abraham's faith endured every command that God gave him. Everyone has a measure of faith, but not everyone has a lasting faith as described here 
in this passage of scripture. A lot of folks have a faith to get saved, but they don't have to have the faith to obey God and trust him in the toughest of situations. I'm sure many of us have seen some great trials through the years, but aren't you glad God has always been faithful to see us through? We serve a wonderful God who cares about us and desires to see us finish our course rather than just begin it. Abraham did exactly that. And in this passage of scripture, uh, verses 17, 18, and 19, it refers back to the great event recorded in Genesis chapter 22, where God commanded Abraham to offer his son Isaac. We're not going to deal with that text in Genesis uh, right uh, today. We'll refer back to it, but we, what we are looking at is here in Hebrews 11, the example that is set forth for us. And uh, I am praying about going back uh, next week to Genesis chapter 22 and looking at that passage of Scripture. But for this morning, Hebrews 11, 17, 18, and 19, notice three things about Abraham. First of all, uh, we see that Abraham was tried. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. This verse describes the great trial of faith that was placed before Abraham and no doubt was the most difficult of the challenges he faced in his journey. You know, God allows us to get into some tight spots to test our faithfulness. W.H. Griffith Thomas said, Life is a succession of tests, for character is only possible through discipline. As we said, this was without a doubt his greatest test. This was Abraham's only begotten son, as the scripture records. God commands Abraham to sacrifice that son. Human reasoning would break down right there, but faith often obeys without explanations and answers. God's unbelievable command. Let me back up here just for a moment and summarize what's going on in Genesis 22. Uh, God had promised Abraham not only the land as being his inheritance, but also that his seed would be of the sand of the sea and the stars of the sky, so great in number that they could not be counted. Abraham's only son by his wife Sarah was Isaac. So Abraham knew that that promise had to be fulfilled through Isaac. Yet God commanded Abraham to go to a particular place and offer Isaac as his sacrifice to prove his faith in the Lord. Abraham at that point believed God and set out on his journey. That is an amazing passage of scripture. For God is testing the faith of Abraham in a way he had tested none other. Remember, God made the promises to Abraham, the supreme promise of the seed of a savior, the supreme hope 
of the promised land, the supreme promise of an unlimited nation of people, and the supreme promise of being a blessing to all the nations of the world. However, if he sacrificed his son, and by the way, we are talking about a sacrifice where his son is put to death. That's unconscionable to us as believers that God would require that. But Abraham believed God. He believed that God was going to raise Isaac from the dead because he believed God would fulfill the promises he had made to him. So a man, as a man who had received these promises and being tested in a way beyond our imagination, he provides for us an example of complete obedience. There are times when the commands of God, there are times when God directs us as his children to do something and it seems unreasonable, it seems unnecessary, it seems out of line, if you will, with God's plan. However, God knows what is best for every one of us and we need to be willing to trust the Lord and follow his direction and guidance in our lives whether we understand it or not. But here, Abraham's whole life is summed up in his son, Isaac, and he's preparing to offer him as a sacrifice to the Lord. And all the promises of God hinge upon this one person, his son. What an unbelievable faith Abraham had to say, God, I'll do it. What a picture. The picture, of course, being as we see in verse 18, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. As far as Abraham was concerned, everything was wrapped up in this, his only begotten son. We know the outcome of this story, but more importantly is the fact that this pictures the offering that our heavenly father made of his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For it was during the, at the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry when he walked out along the shore and John seeth Jesus coming unto him, saith, Behold! The Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. The hope of all mankind can be summed up in the statement, Jesus saves. And all of us today who know Christ as Savior, we can rejoice. For it is because of Him and His sacrifice upon Calvary's cross that we in turn have an opportunity to gain entrance into heaven. Greater love hath no man than this, Jesus said, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Romans 5, 6 says, For when ye were without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. This offering that Abraham has been commanded to make uh, of his own son is a picture of the offering our heavenly father made for this world that we in turn might have eternal life. Galatians 1.4 says, Who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from the present evil world according to the will of God and our father. Abraham was put in a situation where he was being 
being tried to the extremest of, of situations, and yet he trusted God. That leads us to our next point. As we see in verse uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 19, Abraham was not only tried, but he did, in fact, trust, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. Going back to Genesis 22, we see Abraham made his way with his son and some men who were under his employ, and they made their way to Mount Moriah. Understand, to this point, there is no record in Scripture of anyone being raised from the dead. This was a first. Abraham had never seen it. He had never heard of it. Not even so much as a rumor from other areas. But yet God told Abraham, I want you to offer your son Isaac as a sacrifice to me. As they made their way, and by the way, it was a three-day journey for Abraham to get to Mount Moriah. In Abraham's mind, Isaac was dead the first day they started their trip. Abraham believed that God was going to raise Isaac from the dead. So much so that we know that when he left behind the men and he and his son Isaac alone made their way up to the mount, Isaac said, you know, Father, (laughs) you have the wood and the fire, but where's the sacrifice? Abraham said, God will provide himself a sacrifice. Abraham was convinced. He had not yet told Isaac at that point that he was the sacrifice. He said, God's going to provide And if God was going to fulfill his promises to Abraham, that meant his son, in just a matter of moments, was going to die. And he was going to witness the resurrection, the raising up to life of his son, Isaac. For he told the servants to wait, and he and his son would return. That is some amazing faith. He trusted God. To an extent that no other ever had. Isaac was the son of promise. Humanly speaking, God's promise to Abraham of one day a great nation, as we said, was all wrapped up in Isaac. God was using this situation to illustrate his great gift to the world. But the raising of his son... As the story goes, just summarize it briefly, they made their way up to the mount. Abraham, there at the altar, laid out the wood and no doubt revealed to Isaac that he was to be the sacrifice. Isaac freely laid down in obedience to his father. What a picture of our Lord Jesus Christ, who as a lamb was led to the slaughter, silent, and obedient. Before Abraham could slay his son, the angel of the Lord stopped him, said, Don't. He said, Wait. And in fact, Abraham did not have to slay his son and did not see him raised from the dead. But Abraham, with all his heart, believed that was the scenario that was going to be worked out. Yet God intervened 
and prevented Abraham from following through with God had inst- what God had told him to do. And then the scripture tells us that they noticed a ram caught in a thicket. And they sacrificed, they offered that ram as a sacrifice to the Lord. All how the Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world, has been offered as a sacrifice for you and for me. Some would say, well, this is a foolish story. This is a fabrication of the events that took place that day. This is far beyond reason to think that that's how it played out. All but Jesus in his ministry said, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. You see, God is able to do anything he says he will do. Mark chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus said, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. In Luke 1, 37, he said, For with God nothing shall be impossible. Is it possible that someone born into this world in sin, without any hope of eternal life, could find forgiveness for every one of the sins they had ever committed. Yes, for Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Though some would mock and deny the events as recorded in the book of Genesis, specifically in chapter 22, with this particular event. I, in fact, believe every word of it. I believe it occurred exactly as has been recorded in Scripture. I believe God did command Abraham to offer his son Isaac. I believe God uh, spoke to Isaac's heart and moved on him to allow himself to be offered as a sacrifice. I believe the angel of the Lord intervened and stopped this from going any further. And I do believe that God provided himself a sacrifice. All of that as a picture of what would take place on Calvary. Abraham, his faith was tested in a way beyond anything that any of us, I believe, have ever gone through. But we see that he trusted God, no matter how deep the trial, no matter how great this situation, however great the circumstances of this situation, Abraham trusted God. What an example. What a reason to be called the father of believers. Galatians 3.6 says, even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Psalm 115 verse 3, but our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. And beloved, it hath pleased our Heavenly Father to provide a means of eternal life and redemption for all who would trust in Him, who would turn to the Lord in repentance and in faith, believing that God can and will fulfill His word. For the Scripture says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Beloved, that's not a vain, shallow, meaningless statement in scripture 
but it is considered to be one of the greatest promises in all the word of God. Whosoever means you and me and anyone who has ever been born into this world. It was explained to me the night I got saved that all I needed to do was put my name in that verse of scripture. If Jane shall call upon the name of the Lord, he shall be saved. A wonderful promise in the word of God that becomes personal and applicable to everyone who would trust in him. Not only was I, uh, Abraham seen as one who trusted the Lord, he was also triumphant. Hebrews eleven nineteen again, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Abraham saw what God wanted him to see. The word figure is a type or a picture. Abraham saw the work of the promised Messiah in Isaac. Isaac here is a type of Christ. Christ and Isaac were both sons of promise. Genesis 18, 18, the scripture says, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed uh, in him. In Galatians 3, 16, now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not, and to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. Like Christ, Isaac trusted his father and was willing to be sacrificed. Genesis 22, 9 says, And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built there an altar and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. There's no indication that there was fighting, resistance, or any type of opposition at the hand of Isaac. But he simply submitted to his father's will. Isaiah 53, verse 7. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. A description of the Lord Jesus Christ at Calvary. And Matthew 27, verse 2 says, So when they bound, had bound him, they led him away, and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. We've heard it both in song and story, message and in tale, that Jesus could have called 10,000 angels to deliver him from the hands of his oppressors. But he chose not to do so, but to allow himself to be offered upon Calvary's hill. What a wonderful Savior he is to us. Another figure that Abraham saw in his son Isaac is both Christ and Isaac carried wood for their sacrifice. Genesis 22 verse 6. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And they went both of them together. We know John chapter 19 verse 17 tells us, And he, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the place of a skull which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him and two other with him on either side and Jesus in the midst. 
there's going to be one other figure which Abraham saw in his son Isaac. It was both Christ and Isaac were only sons. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. John 3.16, again, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Abraham's faith was in God's ability to do what he had promised. As I mentioned earlier, as far as Abraham was concerned, Isaac was dead. All in the eyes of our Heavenly Father, his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, died on a cross and spent three days in the grave. Abraham spent three days on his journey, leaving his home and making his way to Mount Moriah. Three days in his mind, his son was dead. Again, there are so many pictures and correlations between Isaac and the Lord Jesus Christ. It is, it is fascinating when we look at this passage. In his heart, Abraham fully believed God. Isaac prefigured the Lord Jesus Christ in his resurrection. And this is what Jesus was talking about when he said to the Pharisees, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. As we said, Abraham's great faith was the ultimate faith. Abraham considered and thought through the demand of God, and he knew God was God. Therefore, he knew that God would give no foolish commands. He knew that God could stop anywhere along the way and bring an end to this situation. And he knew that God never broke his promise and that if Abraham did follow through with sacrificing his son, God was going to raise him from the dead. Abraham counted God to be true and faithful. Therefore, he stepped out and trusted the Lord with this ultimate measure of faith. However the Lord might so work in our lives, the greatest step of faith we can do is putting our trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior. I certainly hope that each one of us have done that. Each one of us know that our sins are forgiven and we're on our way to heaven. And having done so, thus being born again, being born into the family of God and having the Holy Spirit dwelling within us and being sealed unto the day of redemption, I trust that we might thus walk every day as children of faith, walking in the light, walking circumspectly, walking obediently, doing that which God gives us to do. I don't know that the Lord will ever lay upon us a trial as great as God placed upon Abraham in the expectation of him offering his son Isaac, but I certainly do know that whatever God tells us to do, he will enable us to accomplish that. The question is, are we willing to trust him? Are we willing to say, yes, Lord, I will do what you want me to do? Or will we, will we back up and say, Lord, no, not now, maybe another day, but not today. To illustrate this idea of the uh, 
the immensity of the will of God in our lives. I'm referring back to something I've mentioned before and talked to you a couple about. But uh, in the constellation Orion, I like looking at the stars at night, in the constellation Orion, known as the Hunter, uh, it uh, has a number of stars making it up, but uh, the upper left star represents a shoulder of the Hunter, and uh, it is the star Betelgeuse. Betelgeuse is a massive star. It's considered to be a great red star. It is so big that you could place our sun, which is a star, of course, inside that star, Betelgeuse. You could also place within that star, Betelgeuse, the planet Earth. And the planet Earth could orbit around the sun at its current rate of orbit and never touch the crust of that star. If that star, Betelgeuse, were placed over our universe, our solar system, with being at the center, it would reach beyond the planet Jupiter. That is a huge, huge star. I don't have any trouble believing that it's that big. I believe God could make one a lot bigger than that if he wanted, and certainly has, but it's considered one of the superstars. But as big as that star is, if you look at the planet, or excuse me, the constellation Orion, and you locate it, and as huge as it is, you simply stretch out your arm and place your thumbnail between your eye and that star. It disappears. You see, the will of God is far greater than any of us could imagine as far as what he has in store for us, not only in heaven, but here on earth. And yet as massive, as huge as the plans of God are for our lives, we could snuff them out from our view by simply extending the arm of disobedience and saying no. A stiff neck, a proud look, will certainly get in the way of the will of God in our lives. Abraham, anywhere along the way, could have changed his mind and said, you know what, this is just too much. But he followed through with it to the very end. Each one of us are faced with the challenge, as God tells us what he wants us to do from a day-to-day basis. We have to ask ourselves the question, am I going to do this or am I going to say no? Oh, if we'd only learn the value, the benefit of saying, yes, Lord. For it is true, there is no such thing as the statement, no, Lord. Because if you say no, he's not your Lord. And if he is your Lord, you'll not say no. God's will, are we willing to say yes, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do.